Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Where We Going Today podcast. Happy to announce our podcast is now available not only on Spotify, but also on Apple Podcasts and iHeart. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. So let's get started by taking these few moments to settle in connect with, touch base with our breath. And if we're not in a position to sit quietly with the breath right now, maybe we can just take a few moments to connect with whatever movement we are making in our body. As we're walking, can we know that we're walking If we're brushing our hair or washing dishes, can we know that these movements are taking place? If we are looking around, can we know we're looking around? And if we're hearing, can we simply know that we're hearing? This present moment is supremely accessible. We need only choose to focus. What am I experiencing now in this moment? Now in this moment. Now in this moment. I recently met a young lady, a student at UCSB, University of California at Santa Barbara. And when she introduced herself, she said, my name is Nirvana. Naturally, I was curious. After all, I hold the distinction of being a man named Courtney. I have some standing when it comes to discussions of awkward names. As an aside, I've never liked my name. And I spent many years, perhaps even decades, complaining about it. It was only just a couple few years ago that my dad told me that although Courtney is his middle name, he didn't think it was such a good idea to name a boy, his young son Courtney, but my mother insisted. And so Courtney I became. I wasn't really teased as a young person. I think I was fairly well liked, yet because my parents were hippies, I too had long, long hair And I've always had gentle qualities, characteristics. These in the name Courtney lent themselves to a gender confusion on the part of others. Many years ago, I had a new friend comment to me that she saw in me the perfect balance between the masculine and the feminine. In any case, I used to 
complain to my elderly grandma about my name. And she finally said to me one time, well, if you don't like it, then change it. I thought, I'm not going to change my name. I've known people who change their name in adulthood. And that always just seems sort of forced. But then there came a point where I was in Thailand. And I was visiting a monk friend of mine, a senior monk, who lives in the north in a village called Doisiket. He's the head monk at a monastery called Wat Nangbua. That's the temple of the lotus flower, or the lotus pond, excuse me. It's named for a small lake adjacent to it. I asked him if he could give me a Thai nickname because most Thai people have nicknames. I've long felt quite connected to the Thai community, so I said, why not give me a name? And after some consideration, he gave me the name Chan. And Chan essentially means skilled, and it somehow seemed appropriate. So after I returned to the U.S., I had an opportunity to see my grandma. I said, Grandma, remember how you told me since I don't like my name to change it? I've decided to change it. She said, what did you change it to? I said, instead of Courtney, I am now Chan. And she said, well, I'm not calling you that. You're Courtney. Oh, well. Chan never took root anyhow. But in any case, I met this young lady from UCSB, and she told me her name is Nirvana. And indeed, I was curious. And so I asked her about the origin of her name. She said, you know, of course it's a talking point for practically everybody I meet. And invariably, they think it's attributed to either one thing or a second thing. That is, it's based upon this or that. These two things are either they think my parents were Buddhist, and it's somehow an acknowledgement or recognition of the goal of Buddhism, the attainment of nirvana, or in the Buddhist language, nibbana. Or people think that my parents are big fans of the 90s grunge band, nirvana. She said the truth of the matter is my parents just kind of leaned in that kind of hippie way, in that hippie direction. They th thought Nirvana was kind of a cool name, I guess. Like me, she had some sort of vague notion of just why her parents chose such an interesting, in this case, but perhaps clunky, at times awkward name. Well, so it was interesting to me, not only her name being Nirvana, but that the two theories that nearly always arose were it was either because of her parents' affinity for Buddhism or her parents' patronizing, I guess, of the band Nirvana. So, of course, I had plenty to say about both. 
So I chimed right in and told her about my long history of Buddhism, and I thought her name was delightful. I said, if in fact you were named Nirvana after the Buddhist goal, I thought that was noteworthy and beautiful. And I didn't get the sense she had any real interest in Buddhism, but I did get the sense she had an appreciation for the name and what it represented from the Buddhist perspective. But I asked her her thoughts on the possibility or the speculation amongst many that she'd been named after a rock band. She seemed to have some distant sort of appreciation for this band from the 90s. But I shared her my personal relationship with this band. You see, when Nirvana, who was fronted by a troubled young man named Kurt Cobain, first came into prominence, I was 18 years old. I was the perfect age for a band like Nirvana to surface. And their sound was full of angst and frustration, alienation. They weren't edgy so much, they weren't particularly angry, but they brought in a new style of music that directly seemed to oppose the hairband glam rock sort of ethic of the day. The bands that had come into stardom in the 80s and were still flourishing in the very, very early 90s were suddenly slapped in the face by this flannel-wearing, scrubby, dirty-looking trio, the band Nirvana. Their musicianship was good, and they were coming from an altogether different direction. I told Nirvana the lady that Nirvana the band had changed the direction of my life. I'd been raised again by hippie parents, and so my music appreciation centered around Pink Floyd, and The Grateful Dead, Led Zeppelin. But in time, I found myself also appreciating 90s, 80s bands like Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and the like. But when Nirvana came, when they released the 1991 CD called Nevermind, with that curious and famous album cover, I was immediately converted. It was as if Kurt was singing to me directly, all the pain, all the expressions of isolation, of disconnect from traditional American culture. It was as if a brotherhood was being formed, and at 18 years of age, I was ready to step into the circle and be embraced. They were a wonderful band. And although I don't find any draw to listen to them anymore, it doesn't mean I've stopped appreciating the gift they gave me or their artistic position in the world. They changed the face of rock music in 1991 and 1992. Those 80s hair bands 
watch their careers dissipate. This is the nature of the world, the impermanence the Buddha spoke of. It's interesting, in a sense, if we care to think creatively, that nirvana is not only the name of a band, it is the goal of Buddhism and the role that the band Nirvana played in shifting the course and context and feel and energy of popular rock music in that time was an expression of the Buddhist emphasis on anicca and constancy and permanence. And so this conversation with the young lady, Nirvana, I think brought a smile to her face. I don't think she possessed the same degree of self-consciousness about her name that I long have. And I think if nothing else, I awakened her heart to Nirvana, the band, their impact on that segment of American culture in a time and a place. I'm not confused in the thinking that the music of Nirvana had some sort of profound impact on my life. It just provided a sense of context, a sense of connection, a sense of being, and perhaps providing me a sense of identity during what is normally a very awkward time in a young person's life. At 18 and 19, we were just emerging from high school. We were stepping across the threshold from adolescence to adulthood. We are leaving the warm confines of our parents' embrace and the securities that provides and stepping into what can be a scary, scary space. or can be a space of great opportunity and optimism. I saw both, but I tended to see the optimism. That time in my life was challenging, as it is for so many young people. It was just before that that I began a 25-year estrangement from my father and I never really knew my mother. I was ready to head off on my own. I moved out shortly after Nirvana's album Nevermind came out. Nevermind my past life, focused on what lies ahead. And although I didn't know at the time that the present moment was the place one should try to occupy, I sensed on some subconscious and deep level, I suppose, that the secret sauce of life, so to speak, is when one saturates oneself in a place of the now. By the time I said goodbye to the young lady Nirvana, I was able to reflect on my name, Sean Courtney. 
and recognize that these names are just labels and just part of our identity. Much as the way our hair becomes part of our identity. Not long ago, I had a young Buddhist practitioner, a friend of mine, not a Buddhist per se, but a practitioner of mindfulness, vipassana meditation, specifically a Buddhist meditation practice, who decided for a time to become a Buddhist monk. I'd encouraged him to explore that path, even in the very short term. He trusted me enough to try. And this young friend of mine was quite proud of his long, quite beautiful hair. But part of becoming a Buddhist monk is one needs to shave their head. And he knew ahead of time that would be challenging because after all, his hair was part of his sense of identity. When he looked in the mirror, he saw hair and a face, and that was him. And so with some degree of trepidation, he shaved his head. And he said the experience was one of the most profound experiences of his life. And for days afterward, when he would look in the mirror, it took him a moment to recognize that he was looking at himself. Another friend of mine with very long, glorious hair has told me that his hair is his religion. Being that I, as a young person, had long, long hair myself, I suppose I can relate. But whether it's a name, whether it's our hairstyle, the clothes we wear, our perspectives and beliefs, our job title, our perceived position and role in society. We can choose to recognize that these are just labels. The name Nirvana, whether for a band or a human, the names Courtney or Chan, whether our hair is black, brown, red, short or long, wavy or straight, whether we're fat, thin, rich or poor, a father, a son, a banker, an artist. These are just labels. They have no ultimate value or reality. They are panyati. They are concepts. But what is real? That's what we can choose to emphasize. That's what we can choose to see. And when we learn to see that which is real, we come to perceive our lives, life, and the lives of others in an altogether different light. A light of clarity, a light we never before recognized, acknowledged, or even knew existed. We let go of our labels and all the angst that comes along 
with those labels. And when we do, we see something utterly sublime and beautiful that was always lying in wait just below the surface, ready to be received, apprehended, and now finally appreciated. Let's sit for a bit. <laughs> 